Good morning, Fremont Community Church. Thanks for being here this morning with us in person or joining us online. I've got my Mr. Rogers sweater on today. Won't you be my neighbor? Um, hey, uh, a couple quick things before we get into uh, some of our, our sermon today. First, um, we, I, if this is new, this whole idea of like we're going to circle up and have conversation in church, it's because we believe church is more about participation than it is about just sitting and facing a stage and kind of taking in some religious goods and services, as I call it. It's more about us being a community together. So thanks for participating in that. Even you extreme introverts, it's good for us, I promise you. Um, I saw somebody go, no. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to do is, um, you know, uh, I wanted to give you an update on our, uh, our, our close friend, our beloved pastor, Doug Ingebretson. He was going to do this with me in person today, but he needed to not be here this morning. He'll be with us next week, and we're going to pray over him as well. Um, but uh, many of you know that Doug went on a sabbatical at the end of 2022, um, October through the end of the year, to just pray and see where God was leading him. And what he, uh, what he heard from God, I want to share with you this morning, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's both um, a change, but not a change. It's both uh, exciting and uh, unknown. And so I want to share this with you. This is a, a, a message that he's shared with us that we're going to send out an email to everybody who uh, calls FCC their home too. But he, he shared this with me. He said, Dear FCC family, I've had three months to feel refreshed and sense the Lord's leading to release myself from Fremont Community Church staff after 28 years. The next season I will focus on supporting this next season, I will focus on supporting my wife in her role as Bay Area D Director of Foster the City. I will continue to sub, uh, substitute teach at Washington High School and Robertson High Continuation School. And this next season, I want to focus on living on mission on these school campuses, the Fremont Skate Park, and all other spaces God sends me. These past three months have affirmed me of my call as a missionary pastor and will continue to learn, uh, lean more into this calling in my life as I go into challenging spaces. I had a profound experience with Jesus in mid-October of 2022 and away by myself in a cabin reading Isaiah 6-8 about Isaiah's mission. After this, I heard the Lord ask, these are Isaiah's words, I asked, after this I heard the Lord ask, is there someone I can send? Will someone go speak on our behalf? I'll go, I answered, send me. Fremont Community Church will continue to be my home in this season and, will continue to, and I will continue to attend with my family. I will still be available to listen, encourage, love, and pray with my FCC family on Sunday mornings. Blessings to you all, Pastor Doug. And so um, that's exciting because this is, this is something we've been praying about for a long time. As we've been talking through discipleship pathway stuff, this all has come about because Doug takes this very seriously and he feels like God is calling him to this new season of ministry, not on staff, but still a part of FCC as a core member of our church family. And so if you would, as he's watching this this morning, would you just make as much noise as you can this morning to thank him for his service to this church and his love for this church over the years? Doug, if you're watching, we love you, uh, and we're so grateful for you, and we look forward to your future ministry here as a part of this church, and we thank you for all of your dedication and service to this place over 28 years. Next week, uh, we're going to have Doug say a few words in service in person, and uh, we'll pray to commission him as this missionary pastor, uh, a part of our congregation in the city of Fremont. And so um, uh, we love the Ingebretsons, and we're so grateful that they're a part of our community. Um, as we get into our sermon today, today um, is all about listening. 
Uh, that experience that Doug had of listening to God, getting away, spending some time intentionally hearing, what does God have to say to me? Listening is one of the most important things a person can do in any relationship, whether it be with other people or with God. How many people in here use the GPS on your phone or in your car a lot? You would consider yourself a GPS user. Okay, how many people in here uh, mostly use their GPS when they're going somewhere new and they don't want to get lost, right? Like that's the most common practice. How many people use your GPS for even familiar drives because there's multiple ways to go and you want to know what the fastest time is this time, right? Right. That is a normal use of the GPS. Um, recently, I uh, was on, sorry, this mic keeps moving. Uh, recently, we were in uh, Florida visiting family and uh, I was a passenger all week um, with a driver who uh, knew the area well. We were down there to visit family, but we were also going to like the Disney parks and having some good time there. And every morning that we would go to a different place, um, this driver, who will go nameless because they might be watching, uh, <laughs> would ask Adrian, my wife, to put uh, the GPS directions on, uh, on the car play, on the, in the car, so that we could get there the fastest way. Let's find the fastest way to get to the park, right? And then... Uh, we, every single day, the same thing would happen. We would get stuck at the same traffic light that took multiple rotations to get through. And every day, despite the fact that the GPS knows that that traffic light exists, it knows the traffic patterns, would say, this is taking too long, would turn off on a side street, and our time, our time would go from 12 minutes to 17 minutes. <laughs> and I would be like, why? Just listen to the GPS. Which is, says more about me than it does about the driver. There's a couple of lessons that we learned from this. The first two are about myself. The first one is, I have always been an old man at heart. Since I could drive, I, it was important to me to make good time. Fellow old men, are you with me? You want to make good time. Amen, Efficiency. <laughs> the second thing I learned is, I am not patient. I'm like, we just wasted five minutes when we could be at the park waiting in line for an hour to ride It's a Small World after all. I need prayer. And the last thing that I learned is that sometimes it's just best to listen. Sometimes it's best to listen. We're trying to be efficient. We're trying to be at the fastest way. And in, in our impatience, we took our own way. And it ended up taking longer, right? Sometimes we just need to listen. We need to listen to, to that GPS or that Yelp review that warns you about possible food poisoning, right? We, we, we need to sometimes listen to the people of wisdom in our lives, our, our parents, our mentors, our spiritual uh, aunts and uncles. Sometimes we need to listen to what we read in the Bible. If I had listened, I might have been more prepared. If I had listened, I might not have made these mistakes. I might have not wasted time. I might have not needlessly learned this lesson the hard way. I could have learned it the easy way by just listening to that good advice. But I will take it a step further. Listening isn't just about avoiding things. It's about proactively building health into your relationships. You can't know a friend or a spouse if you never listen to them. You can't find out what's important to them. You can't remember important details or stories that they share. You can't understand how they best experience love unless you listen. And in the same way, we can't have closeness with God if we don't listen, if we don't hear from him through reading the Bible in community. 
through having uh, Christian mentors, people who are pouring into us, who have wisdom to share with us. We have to know his word so we can understand who he is and what's important to him. We can't understand what he's actively working at in our lives if we're not engaging in practices that help us listen. Today we're going to talk a little about listening prayer, and it's like a GPS for our lives. How do we get started with listening prayer? How do we develop these practices? But before we go any further, I want to invite uh, Ruth Ritter. She's going to come up and share about a time that she was willing to listen to God, uh, even when maybe she didn't quite want to in the moment, and how that led to more than just one experience, but multiple experiences of seeing God work through her. So let's thank Ruth for being here this morning. Morning. Ruth, you had a time where uh, God was speaking to you and you listened and it followed up with a step of faith and he moved. Could you share that story with us this morning? All right. Well, at first, I didn't really listen. So <laughs> the story goes this way. I had been attending um, monthly cancer support groups after my bout uh, with it. And I had been going every month faithfully and sharing my stories and everyone else sharing stories. And so after a couple of years, the month came along and I was like, I got so much to do today. I've got plans, you know, so I was heading in a different direction. And I swear that God really knocked. <laughs> and he said, what do you think you're doing? You're going to the, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I was just really stubborn. I had plans. This is what I'm doing. Again, what are you doing? No. He was so, so insistent that I found myself on the freeway <laughs> heading to Kaiser for the meeting. Voila. So the meeting went on as usual and, um, you know, sign in, we all introduce each other, we talk, and I noticed that there was a new couple there, uh, husband and wife. The husband was definitely in a, a, a stage that was very difficult for him and the wife was the caregiver. So when I finished my story of how well I have um, come, the many steps I've taken to um, you know, survive and live, and I'm back, and this woman gets up from her chair across the room with tears in her eyes, comes over to me and hugs me, mm -hmm and says, I thank God that you're here because you gave us hope. Mm. Well, that was God. Yeah. You guys, that was God. He told me I needed to be there, mm. and I was there. I love that. Me I love too. it so much, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's so beautiful about that story is, is God was knocking on the door, and uh, even though at first you were like, nope, <laughs> you did say yes. And that yes looked like a relatively uh, mundane step of faith by going to a group that you had gone to before, right? It was just a simple step of faith. And then he showed you when you got there exactly what he was already doing um, apart from you. And that is so cool. And th that led to you kind of saying, okay, if I'm faithful with that step of faith, what happens if I take another step of faith? So what, what did this propel you to in your, in your discipleship journey? So um, I wasn't going to say no anymore. <laughs> that was number one. And um, so I found myself, you know, I joined with um, Compassion Network. I volunteer there. 
um, and also, you know, liaison with our church. And from there, you know, a missional community has formed here in our church. And we have some wonderful members of the missional community. Anyone who's interested in joining, see me later. <laughs> um, but um, we have, in over two years, we've uh, built and um, grown these fabulous relationships with over 40 families, uh, families that have been struggling, struggled during COVID. You know, they have financial issues, just a gambit, but we've been there for them. So we've got these relationships. And, um, and now we're going on to the next step. And that next step, uh, I know that I know this from talking with Roop. That next step is uh, Discovery Bible Study, inviting these people that you've had an impact on their life to experience Jesus through just a Bible study. So, um, it, it, Discovery Bible Study, we're going to talk a lot about today. It's a key part of of who we are as a church. In fact, I'm preaching in the Discovery Bible Study format for the rest of today. Um, and, and that's exciting because that's, that's another step of faith, another yes that you're saying to God as he's knocking on your door. As you move forward with that, as you move forward to inviting people to participate in Discovery Bible Study with you, how can we be praying for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a bold step, and, and God is definitely, he's been nudging, and he's been, there's been a whisper, and now it's, it's like, okay, it's time. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we've talked with our, our members of our group, and I believe that we're all ready to do this. But, of course, you know, again, it's, a, it's that step. Yeah. That's a leap of faith. Um, so you can pray for us yeah. in, in the, the big picture, yeah. you know, like um, when we go out there and talk with our families and we want to gather them together, maybe in small groups, whatever, and begin this journey hmm. And so uh, from attending uh, the discipleship pathway, I learned all about this Discover Bible series. And so this is what I want to, um, this is what I want to introduce to these families, right? So we can really, really go further and really extend the kingdom of God. Yeah. So pray for logistics. Pray for patience. Well, maybe not too much, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for hearing my yes, story. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, I love that story because one simple yes has led to uh, dozens of families being uh, cared for through Compassion Network and now you know, Discovery Bible Study about to kind of sprout out, up in that. Um, I love that story too because when he asks us to take a simple step of faith, it's not about what we can do with that step of faith. It's what he does. It's about his power on display. We talked about it last week. If you, didn't, uh, uh, if you weren't here or you haven't watched it yet, I encourage you to watch last week's uh, sermon as we introduce this discipleship pathway. And uh, it's all about what does it mean to be a disciple and what are our first steps of faith. And it's, it's prayer, and then stepping out in, in small ways and watching God move in big ways. This, 
Uh, this Wednesday, we had our, our first Zoom Discovery Bible study, and there were some technical uh, difficulties with that. So if you tried to log into that and couldn't, I apologize. We will have a new link for you this week, and uh, we will share that passage ahead of time so you can be studying on your own, or if you can't make it Wednesday, you can read the passage for next Sunday's uh, sermon ahead of time. Um, we studied Acts chapter 10, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and we read through the whole chapter. And I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to do more of a summary today and highlight some key verses because it's long. Um, and, and this is, and you'll see why in a bit, this is one of the most important chapters in all of the Bible. Okay, so Acts is written by Luke, a follower of Jesus, who you may recognize from his uh, greatest hit, the Gospel of Luke. And, uh, and in the Gospel of Luke, he talks about Jesus' life culminating in his, his death and his resurrection and ascension. And then Acts chapter 1, Luke picks up from there and talks about Jesus' ascension and his last words to his followers, which is, you will be my witnesses. You will spread my love and my gospel throughout the entire world. And he meant that for those disciples and all disciples who followed after those disciples, and then he ascends to heaven. Then in Acts chapter 2, this amazing thing happens. The disciples are all praying together, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes. And this is a very key verse in the scripture. The Holy Spirit is poured out. People are filled with God's Spirit. They're, they're empowered to do things that Jesus did. They're empowered with the words that Jesus spoke. And all of a sudden, the gospel is spreading because these disciples were now doing something supernatural, something that was from God and not from themselves. And it changed the history of God's people. Okay, so fast forward then to Acts chapter 10. Up to this point, Acts 1 through 9, the believers that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, the believers that are a part of this community that call themselves the family of God, they're all Jewish believers. And then Acts chapter 10 comes along and something crazy happens. And it starts with this guy named Cornelius. And Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He's a powerful dude, but he believes in God. And he's been praying and he's been giving to the poor. And he, he has favor with everybody, even the Jewish people uh, in his district, which is crazy because to be a Roman was to be hated. <laughs> to be a, a Roman military personnel was to be all that Rome represented, which was power over, dominating force, oppressing God's people, the people of Israel. And God comes to Cornelius in a vision. And he says, send some people. Once you find this dude, Peter, that's my translation. Uh, you're going to find this dude, Peter, and he's got a message for you. Have him come to you and share this message. As his, his guys are going to um, find Peter, God gives Peter a vision of his own. I want to read these verses from Acts 10, starting in verse 10. This is Peter. He's up on the rooftop of where he's staying, praying. It says this, He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being uh, let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. And while Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. So, <coughs> excuse me. So Peter gets this vision. 
And then all of a sudden, these guys are there. And they're saying, hey, we've been sent by Cornelius. We're supposed to take you back there because you apparently have a message that God wants us to hear. And right when that happens, Luke tells us in, in this chapter that Peter, it clicks for him. He's like, oh, now I see what the vision God gave me was for. This is not about food. It's about people. P Peter saw a vision of unclean food, food that was restricted by the Old Testament laws, and it was meant to demonstrate that the people of Israel were different, that they were set apart for a special purpose. And, and unfortunately, this ends up being one of the things that causes issues between Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles are non-Jewish people, according to the Bible. Gentiles thought that the Jews were weird for their food laws, and they, they, they called them atheists. Did you know that? They, they, the Gentiles called the Jews atheists because they only believed in one God. The Jews often looked down on the Gentiles because they, they believed in many gods, and, and they didn't obey the laws of God, including these, these food laws. They weren't God's chosen people like we are. And so they were not going to associate with these filthy Gentiles. So this vision, it's not about food, it's about people. Do not call anything unclean that I have made clean. And then God reveals to Peter that this is about the Gentiles. God is saying the good news of Jesus is not just for the Jews, but it's for everyone. <clears throat> whoever, <coughs> excuse me, whoever seeks Jesus can and will find him and can join the family of God. The barriers that we humans have set up between us and others, God is here to kick them down and invite anyone who will accept his invitation to come to the family dinner table. That's big news. Any Gentiles out there? I'm one. This means I'm welcome. It means you're welcome. It means everybody's welcome. This is what happens in uh, verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize that it is true that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. This is good news. It's perhaps the greatest day in history for those of us who are Gentiles because we are welcomed in and God is kicking down the walls that have been built up. When God's family tries to build walls to keep other people out, God will always tear them down. The Apostle Paul would later say this in Galatians. He, 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 he goes on to interpret this later. He says this, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor there is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The social barriers that mankind has raised so that one could have power over the other, God is doing away with them. All are welcome. All have the invitation to know Jesus as Lord. All are equal children of God, brothers and sisters. Acts 10 is his definitive statement that this is where this has always been leading. This is the work that God has been doing all throughout history. And so the story continues. Peter then shares the gospel. <clears throat> and he shares the gospel that, that would have been shared through the entire book of Luke, but he kind of summarizes it in this way. He says that Jesus is Lord, and that Lord left his throne in heaven to come here, to become human, and to live the always connected to God life that we were created to live, but we, we fail time and time again. And then he showed us through his life who God is. He taught us what God cares about. And though even, even though he was wrongly killed because he had no sin, he never, never rebelled against God. But God raised him from the dead, and now he ascended to heaven where he is Lord ruling all over creation. 
And then this is what Peter concludes his sermon with. He says, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so here's what's crazy. While Peter is preaching, the Holy Spirit comes on all who heard his message. That's what the the passage says. All who heard his message. The experience we read about in Acts chapter 2 is happening again. The people who put their faith in Christ are transformed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And now it's happening too for these Gentiles. We thought they were out of the family. We thought that they weren't welcome, and now they are. And Peter is so astonished, and he says, hold up. we got to find the nearest body of water because these new homies need to get baptized right now. Again, my translation. And so that's Acts chapter 10 in a nutshell with some key verses highlighted. I want to take us through what Discovery Bible study looks like um, because this is something that anybody can do. It's, it's my favorite form of Bible study because anybody can actually lead it. And it's a list of questions. And after we read the scriptures, we usually recap it. We read them again. And then here are the questions, the first questions that we ask based on these passages. What does this passage say about God, Jesus, or his plan? And if you've got it on your sheet there, you can take some notes about some things that we can learn from Acts chapter 10. But what does God, or sorry, what does this passage say about God, Jesus, or his plan? The first thing that it says is God can rescue anyone he wants to rescue. Our man-made divisions are not God-made. And his plan to reconcile all things to himself will not be stopped by my or your or our limitations. I love that. Peter learned that day that in God's eternal kingdom, there are going to be some people there that he did not expect to be there. And honestly, I feel like we should operate with the same humility because in Acts 10, Peter says that it is Jesus who's been appointed as judge of the living and the dead, not me, right? And so we are open. We, the same invitation that was given to us that all are welcome at the table, we are open to spreading that invitation. Acts 10 tells, told the church at that time that no one is too far out of God's reach. And that's true today. The second thing that we can learn about God, Jesus, and his plan is that God is at work around us even when we don't see it. God is speaking to Cornelius before he speaks to Peter. Do you notice that? If you go back and read the chapter this week, it starts with God speaking to Cornelius. God doesn't speak to Peter until Cornelius' men are already on the way. God is at work before anything we do. He is the one who saves, not you, not me. But what does Peter do? He takes a simple step of faith. He receives this invitation, and he goes with Cornelius' men, and he enters into his home, which is a social no-no for Jewish people. That could have gotten him kicked out right there. Peter, just by going into Cornelius' house, could have put himself in a lot of trouble. But he takes this step of faith. And as he does, God's plan becomes more and more clear as he's able to take the next step of faith, sharing the gospel. But all of it happens because God is at work in others. God is at work in places. God was at work in Ruth's cancer support group, and he led her there, even though she didn't want to go. God is at work in your neighborhood, in your school, in your workplace, in your family, in your friends, 
Whatever, whatever hobbies you're involved in, the people there, God is at work in their lives and in those places. God is at work in this world reconciling all things to himself. And the question that I'm going to keep coming back to as this series goes on and on, this is what our Bible tells us. Do we really believe it? Do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we see this and go, God was at work with or without Peter? And he's at work in the people's lives around me, with or without me. Do you believe it? And do you trust it? The next question we ask in DBS is this. What does this passage say about humans? One, a big picture. The first thing I see is that we seem to be drawn toward division. Anybody disagree with that? That's divisive. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> too much of human history is the story of conflict. Conflict with God and with others. The story of conflict between Jews and Gentiles is one that goes on for millennia. Anti-Semitism has always existed, it seems, and it still exists. It pops up all the time all over the world. Every region of the globe has its own stories of past and current conflict that often last centuries. Turn on the news in the U.S. and you'll see some Republican or some Democrat talking about the other evil party. There is too much of our story that deals with conflict, and we continually just add fuel to these fires. It comes way too naturally to us. But the other thing this passage tells us about humans is we can change. It doesn't have to be this way. Cornelius changes. He goes from his primary identity marker being Roman, and then next being a centurion, a person of power. That changes. Now he's a child of God and a brother to these Jewish disciples that the world tells him he's supposed to hate and oppress. And now he's their brother. Peter changes. His view of God changes. His view of people is totally transformed. His primary identity marker goes from being Jewish apostle of Jesus to simply being a disciple of Jesus who is now a brother to these Gentile disciples. The world as it exists in all of its conflict and antagonism doesn't need to be this way. At least not for us. We can be a part of real change if we are open to changing. Open to small steps of faith like the ones Cornelius and Peter took. God spoke. He invited them to take a step of faith and they did it. And because of that, the world literally changed forever. The next question in our DBS is this. If we believe this passage is from God, how must we change? How, how might I need to change? And that's where we're going to land today with, with what do we do next? What do we do from here? And we go back to what we introduced last week, which is extraordinary prayer and fasting. The, the events of Acts 10 do not happen, at least not in, the way, not in the way that they do in this verse, not through the people they do in this verse, unless prayer was happening. Cornelius is praying. Peter is praying. And it's in the midst of that prayer that God speaks to them. When we talk about extraordinary prayer and fasting, we're not talking about being the most amazing prayers and fasters on the planet. We're talking about what are you currently doing? Take a step of faith and kick it up a notch. And so what we want to invite you to do is start engaging in what are called listening prayer walks. Listening prayer walks. You've got on the back of your notes there uh, a, 
a little document that the, the font is extremely small. Apologies. We're going to send out a better copy of that on Tuesday, so you've got a digital copy that you don't need your reading glasses for, hopefully. Um, but th the beauty of that is it just gives us some ideas of things that we can be praying. When we do these listening prayer walks, we're going to the places that we already are involved in. We're, we're prayer walking our neighborhood. As we pass by somebody's house, we're going, hopefully we know our neighbor by name. And if not, that's our next step. God is saying, learn your neighbor's name. Um, but as you're walking by, you're praying for that person by name. God, what are you up to in that person's life? God, is there anything going on in their life that, that, um, that they need to hear about the healing good news of Jesus Christ? God, are there ways that I can bless them? Are there ways that we can grow in our relationship? And it's not just in your neighborhoods. It can be in your place of work. It can be in your school. It can be, you know, for me, it's a lot of times it's going to the baseball fields before a game and praying on my way to the field and saying, God, who, who are you going to bring about my path? And how can I show them the love of Jesus today? That's what listening prayer walks are all about. If, you, if you've got health issues that keep you from being able to walk, what I, I would suggest you do is in your home, face one direction. Not the band. Uh, just, you know, actual directions. Um, <laughs> that's ADHD for you. Uh, face in a particular direction, and whoever's house is that way, pray for them. And then turn 90 degrees and pray for the people in those houses and vice versa, or apartment complex, or wherever it is you live. If it's at work it's, and you're at a, a cubicle or you're outside working because you, you do some sort of physical labor, it's praying for, for the, the environment that you're in and the people that you're coming across. Listening prayer walks are simply just saying, God, what are you at work doing here? Help me to see it and help me to see how I might participate with you. And, and not every time you prayer walk do you get this eureka moment like these guys get. But it's the habit of doing this over and over and over again. It helps us to open up our eyes and see the people around us and love them and have compassion on them because we know that God loves them and has compassion on them. The next practice that, that I want to uh, encourage you and invite you into this week is fasting. Fasting is when we, we empty ourselves to be filled with God. When we, when we fast, we are saying we trust you, God. We know that we need you more than we need even food. But we're also interrupting our routines, our normal way of life. It's easy to sleepwalk through life. Fasting helps us break from our comfortability. That on purpose, we just take a break from something that comes naturally to us so that we can open our eyes to see God's work in our own hearts, in our lives, and in the world around us. So much of discipleship is just having new eyes to see the world. That's what we talked about last week. That's what God gives us, new eyes to see the world. When we fast, that's what we ask for. So this Tuesday, and every Tuesday as the rest of our Discipleship Pathway series, we set aside Tuesday as a day of extraordinary prayer and fasting. Whatever you've been doing, kick it up a notch throughout this season, throughout this series. Dedicate time for prayer walks, where you live, where you work, where you learn, where you play. Every Tuesday, join the, all the people who are part of this, this family here at FCC and there's power in that. The fact that we're all doing that together, what could God possibly do? Nothing is impossible for him. So join us in prayer, but also join us in fasting. And if this is a new thing for you, I would say start slow. Start with one meal that day. And, and then, you know, if this is something that you've done um, you know, a bunch in your life and it's a familiar concept to you, you can fast for the whole day. 
If, if there's a reason, a medical reason, why you shouldn't be uh, fasting from food, that's okay. There's plenty of stuff in our lives that is a distraction, and, and there's plenty of ways that we can interrupt our daily routines in order to make space for God. Take a social media break for a day. Take a cable news break for the day, please. Take a politics break for the day. Don't engage with anything political. And why do I bring that up specifically? Because why stay in your house on your device or on your news channel stressing out about stuff that you actually have almost no control over when you could be spending time in your neighborhood praying for your neighbors or at your place of work where you actually do have the possibility of making an impact? What would happen if we just interrupt our schedules and say, God, this is your time. Whatever you want to do, we're open, we're listening. Spend that time reading through the scriptures. Maybe make it a habit over the next month to read through the book of Acts and see all the ways that God was working through his early church. Expect that as you pray and as you fast, that what he was doing then, he's doing now. In a different context here in Fremont, and with a different group of disciples, instead of Peter, it's us. And ask him, who are my Corneliuses? Hopefully you meet a real Cornelius, because that is a cool name. <laughs> Asking God, who do you want me to be a blessing to? You know, I speak from experience on this, not because I have an amazing prayer life. In all honesty, that's been one of the harder things in my discipleship journey is developing a prayer life. I love to study. I love to, I love to worship. I love it. The prayer has always been something I need to consciously work on. But I'll just share a couple of things that God has done in the last few years through listening prayer. Um, I don't know, about two years ago, um, we started talking to different churches about where we might be called for our next season of ministry. And I remember prayer walking our neighborhood in, in Aurora, Illinois, in the middle of you know, quarantine, going, God, what, what do you have for us? What's next for us in life? And I remember having a conversation with some guy who was connected to Fremont Community Church, and, and I remember talking to him and uh, not hearing anything for months, literally months, right? And I remember having other conversations with other churches, and they seemed like a safer, more surefire thing and place we could actually afford to live. And uh, all of the reasons why, you know, maybe we shouldn't consider this Fremont Community Church thing, and they are not even calling me back. And we continue to hear God say, don't do anything yet. Don't make any decisions yet. Wait till that next conversation. And that kept happening over and over and over again until finally it was clear that God was saying, this is where I'm sending you. And it didn't make sense. Everything else made more sense on paper. But yet, this is where he was calling us. And all the things that we thought were impossibilities, he took care of those things. Just by listening and taking that step of faith. And so, for, for, and this wasn't just me, this was my wife and our kids. We, we were all doing this together, and God just kept saying to us, don't do anything, keep talking to this FCC place. That was a powerful thing for us, a powerful exercise of faith. Honestly, last year, at about this time, I was having a bit of a, uh, how, how do you put it? I was freaking out a little bit, let's put it that way. Because we were about to introduce Discipleship Pathway for the first time, and we had set a goal. We wanted 20 people to go through Discipleship Pathway in 2022. And we wanted from that to be able to send, to have 10 of those 20 people to commit to being ordinary missionaries here in Fremont. And you're going to hear more about what it means to be an ordinary missionary as the weeks go on. And I was freaked out, and here's why I was freaked out. This is new. This meant change for FCC. 
This meant that God was doing something new and I was gonna have to be the, the poster child for that. And that meant all the pitchforks and torches were gonna be aimed at me if you guys didn't like it. <laughs> and that first discipleship pathway, 45 people signed up for it. And out of that, over 25 people said, I will be an ordinary missionary right here where God has called me. And it was through listening prayer of saying, God, do you really want us to do this? God, are we ready for this? God, I don't know. Through that, he just kept saying, keep taking that step of faith. Keep taking that step of faith. One more. Through listening prayer in recent months, I've had spiritual conversations with people in my life who are not believers. And I didn't bring any of it up. That's the most fascinating thing about this whole thing with this discipleship pathway, these steps of faith I'm asking you to take that some of us have already been taking. I've had deep spiritual conversations with people and I never had to bring Jesus up one time. God orchestrated it. It all came from questions that they asked me. Hey, you're a Christian. Christians normally, I I don't normally like Christians. That was some of the stuff that I got. I, I normally have trouble with Christians. What's up with you? You're different. Your family, like, I can be myself around you. Like, that was the conversation starter. I didn't have to do anything other than be a Christian, right? Be, be a person of love like God calls us to be in the community. And this person wanted to know what's different. And I got to talk about Jesus. And you can say, well, you're a pastor. No, I didn't do any pastor things. I just followed Jesus faithfully and prayed and prayed and prayed. And they brought up Jesus with me. This is what happens when we listen to God through prayer. When we open up space for God to speak to us. When we say, well, I'm going to get away from my regular routine so that I can carve aside this time for God to do whatever he wants to do. That's ultimately what Discipleship Pathway is all about. It's about what God can do, not what I can do. And so while I pray and have faith that he wants to do it in my life and through me. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. We're going to close with some worship. But the last questions of Discovery Bible Study are this. Who needs to hear this story, and how can I tell them? Just as Peter was equipped with the good news of Jesus, there are people in our lives who need to hear his story. This week, let's be praying every day, asking God these questions. Who needs to hear this story in my life? How God, how God can I tell them? I don't feel equipped. I, I, I'm scared to do it, but how can I participate? How can I tell them? This Tuesday, join us in all of those who call FCC home, fasting and powerfully praying for eyes to see how God is at work bringing life and healing and reconciliation. And let's ask him how we can participate. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that even as we read these words, Lord, uh, we have 2,000 years of hindsight and we Saint Peter see St. Peter as this, this icon of the church, this, this giant of the church, but he was just a dude. <laughs> he was just a regular old guy, a fisherman who said yes to you and took steps of faith. And because of that, he got to participate in so much. Help us to be that way. Thank you, Lord, for Ruth's story and just how you work with a simple yes, a simple turning around of the car because we hear you and we say, okay, God, I'll go. Thank you for these, these stories of how just taking time to pray 
and listen to you. You do speak to us. You do direct us. You do guide us. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Doug in this next season of life that he has heard you, that you've called him to be out in the community, to be a, a missionary pastor where maybe people won't come to church, but, but we can bring church to them. God, for each of us, give us faith. Help us to believe what we say we believe, that you can do all of this through us. God, give us faith to, to believe that that is the abundant life that you're calling us to, that you want for us. That we're never more alive than when we're participating in your life as you bring healing and reconciliation. Lord, give us faith. Give us faith, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.